0: We'll start the message off with a joke or two. And after listening to to Brad's message last week, well done. Um, this, uh, this, this ties in a little bit there. Uh, what kind of baked goods are pirates most thankful for? Our <laughs> <Arr>, daily bread. <laughs> and then while I'm there, what kind of movies do pirates watch? Those who are rated R. And what is a pirate's favorite fast food restaurant? Arby's. (laughs) I start us off with these bad jokes to just kind of establish uh, a lightness because quite honestly, the word that, that I have today is challenging. The word that I have today is a hard word. But I want us to keep something in mind. The word that I bring today It's not my word. It's not my word. It's Jesus' word. In fact, Jesus brought this word more than once. This challenging, difficult word. Keep in mind, not just that these are Jesus' words, but keep in mind that our God is good and only good. And when we have a challenging word from the Lord, we can trust it. We can trust his heart. We can trust his character. We can trust his nature. And that is why we honor and hallow the name of God, the character of God, because he's 100% trustworthy. What Jesus asks of us today is difficult. And it's challenging. But it's not as challenging as complete abandonment from the Father. From the presence of God which Jesus endured for us. It's not as challenging or as hard as the ridicule and the scorn that was cast upon Jesus. So that we could be in fellowship with the Father. It wasn't as difficult that this word... It might be hard, but it's not going to be as difficult as anything that Jesus endured throughout Calvary and on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we could be in relationship with Him and with the Father. Jesus did everything He did so that some might be saved now his plan is that all would give their lives to him but he knew it would be some that would be called those whosoevers I'm a whosoever John three 16, we're familiar with that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life The things that Jesus endured, He did for the whosoevers. He did for those who would believe that His love is real. Who would believe that He is completely trustworthy. Trustworthy enough to give our lives to. For every person in this room today who have joined me in becoming one of those whosoevers, Jesus asks this of you. You must do as I do and forgive. You must do as I do and forgive. And in doing so, you have fellowship and unfettered access to the presence of God. I don't know what it is about forgiveness that so exemplifies the character of God, but it does. So much so that we're going to see again and again that Jesus says, if you don't forgive, you ain't forgiven. If you choose not to forgive, then your sins aren't forgiven. There's something that so exemplifies the character of God in forgiveness. Man, it takes character to forgive. There's a bigness that's required to forgive. There's a challenge in forgiving. I was talking with Brandon recently, and he shared a quote with me from Martin Luther King Jr. that, who said, "If," and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "If, uh, if this world treated my son the way, you know, that they treated, if I was God, and this world treated my son the way that that it treated Jesus, I'd punt the earth throughout the universe. I'd punt it." But we're not God. Thank God. Brandon's not God. Thank God. And that our our God is good and His mercy endures forever. And that is why forgiveness is such a big thing. We're in a series right now called Praying God's Will. And we're going through the Lord's Prayer. And it's all about wanting and praying God's will. Jesus makes seven requests. If you're from a more traditional background, you might have heard it called seven petitions that Jesus makes in the midst of this prayer of how we should pray and what we should ask the Father for. Number one, he says that God's name and that his character would be made hallowed and it would, it would be honored. Then he asked that the kingdom of God would come. When I preached this, I made mention, guys, this isn't talking about the second coming. It's inclusive of that, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about right now. The, the reign of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, would come right now. That it would come into us and flow through us. That God would have his way. That the Spirit of God would reign in this place. That his kingdom would come. And then, three, that his will would be done on earth as it is. In heaven, friends, we should never pray that flippantly, because when we're praying that we want God's will to come, to come and to be done, we are praying that our will takes a backseat, that our will is a distant second. Then He gives this petition: "Give us this day our daily bread." You guys, there's a lot that, that you and I need every single day to make it through the day. Bread, sustenance is one of them. You know, air and water and... But part of our daily bread that we're asking Him for is grace. It's mercy. We never outgrow the need for God's mercy. It's for strength to make the difficult decisions and to do the difficult things like forgiving. Forgiving. Then the fifth petition, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This one's crazy. This petition's crazy. This is the one we're talking on today. We'll get to it. The sixth was do not lead us into temptation. The seventh was do not deliver us from evil. Of all the petitions that Jesus makes, of all the requests that he has, There's only one that he elaborates upon at the end of this prayer. There's only one P.S. that he throws in there after he's done saying, For I am the kingdom, the glory, the power, forever and ever. Amen. After Amen, then Jesus elaborates on one of these. Which one do you think it is? It's the one that I'm teaching on today. So let's look at this screen. I'd like to if you're comfortable doing so, read it out loud. But don't just read it out loud. Let's pray this out loud. As heartfelt as possible, as genuine as possible, let's pray this prayer desiring God's will. So Matthew 6, 9-13, through 13, and then I'm going to read that P.S. in verses 14 and 15. Pray then in this way. Our Father... forever. Amen. And then the very next verse. The very next words that Jesus speaks are these. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions is there any ambiguity in what Jesus just said here any uncertainty in what Jesus meant by this P.S. pretty cut and dry right if we don't forgive we won't be forgiven This is the one area, guys, where we have to reflect the character of God. We have to. This is the one area that without it we don't reflect Christ. Without it we don't. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us with the same measure of grace that we have forgiven others. The same amount of grace that I've shown to others who have hurt me, that's the amount of grace I want you to show to me, God. For a matter of fact, that's what's in our covenant. The same amount of mercy that I show forth in forgiving others, that's the same amount of mercy I ask you to show me. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. So what is a debt? And what is a debtor? I know it might be kind of obvious, but sometimes it's good to state the obvious. The word debt here, the word that's used, it means that which is justly or legally due. That which is owed. Our sin is our debt. That's what's legally due. And those things that come with sin. The Bible says for the wages of sin are death. Wages are earned, right? God's free gift of mercy and grace, that's freely given. That's not earned. Grace isn't earned. What's earned? What are our wages? Death, because we sinned. The word debtor here means this. One who has not yet made amends to whom he has injured. That's the definition from the Strong's Concordance. One who has not yet made amends for the one that he has injured. That's a debtor. That's who we forgive, guys. That's who we show grace to, guys. The ones who have not yet made amends. That's what the Word says. Forgive us with the exact measure that we forgive others. This is a challenging request that Jesus makes of us. But it's a request. It's, it's a command that when obediently done out of trust for God and for his nature, it brings us incredible, incredible blessings. As I, as I mentioned some of these blessings i want you to think about the times that we've really struggled with forgiving somebody the blessing of forgiveness joy peace hope rest a sound mind friend when, when we're battling unforgiveness we don't have those things guys i've been i've been i've been hurt and I've been wounded and all of us have all of us have there's times it's kept me up at night. I've lied in bed trying to go to sleep. My wife knows when I'm asleep. It's when I start snoring. And she knows when I'm tossing and turning. She'll like, honey, what's on your mind? There's times it's my mind. I have no rest. I keep thinking about the fact that I was hurt or betrayed or whatever it is. And we've all been there. There's blessing that comes in forgiveness. Peace. Rest. Friends with God, everything is about relationship. Everything. Everything. Us with God, God with us, us one another. You open the Word of God and you look at what Jesus has to say, and it's all about relationship. We are asked by God to trust Him, to love Him. So much so that we clothe ourselves with His character and we reflect Him. If we don't love others, we can't love God. In fact, if we don't love others when we tell God we love Him while not loving others, His response is very harsh as well. And that response is this. Liar! Don't lie to me! You don't love me? You don't love me if you don't love others is God's reply. And once again, guys, not my words. Jesus' words. First John four twenty through twenty one. If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, uh oh. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he who he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And if we love our brother, we forgive our brother. They go hand in hand. If we love God, then we forgive our brother. They go hand in hand. It's funny, in in reading 1 John, like the theme of lying... It's like a reoccurring theme. I, I hadn't caught it before. First John 1, six, six through 6-10 says this. If we say we have fellowship with Him, with God, while we walk in, walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we say we have fellowship with God, guys, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. This message of forgiveness and cleansing of sin, being linked to forgiveness, it's all throughout the Word of God. Because this is key. If we say we have no sin, we deceive We are linked. We we who have who bear the name as Christian, who have given our lives to Christ, and have trusted in Him. We are linked with Him. And this nature of grace has to be in us, as one who reflects Jesus. It has to be in us. We've all had relationship or encounters, maybe is a better way of saying it, with Christians who have no grace. And it's rough. Because it's judgment. It's judgment. If there's not grace, it's it's judgment. It's legalism. It's It's a list of laws. It's a list of do's and do not's that we will never measure up to. And you have never measured up to. And I have never measured up to. And the difference is A Christian without grace will let us know we've never measured up to it. Whereas the Lord says, I'm looking at you through the completed work of my son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price. You don't got to pay the price. He paid the price. Agreement is a powerful thing, guys. You guys, I believe this plea from Jesus of forgive us our debts as we... Also, have forgiven our debtors is about two very important things. Number one, acknowledging that we sin. Not just acknowledging that we we used to sin, but acknowledging that we sin. Acknowledging that we do it often. Acknowledging that we are not perfect and we need forgiveness. I didn't just need forgiveness on the day that I trusted my life in Jesus and that I called upon His name and was saved. I need forgiveness now. I need grace now. So that's the first. And the second is acknowledging that we have been hurt and are in need of a healer. Acknowledging that we sin and acknowledging that we've been hurt. That's what this is about. Acknowledging that we sin This is a declaration. Acknowledging that we are hurt, this is a plea. A declaration and a plea. I sin and I'm flawed. But I'm also hurting and in need of you. So bring healing. guys, we're making declaration that we have forgiven others and then we ask for forgiveness. See, we we, we went through this Lord's Prayer and just in case you haven't been here for the whole series, it's not called the Lord's Prayer because Jesus prayed this, because Jesus never had the need to pray this. Jesus never had the need to pray forgive me my debts. Forgive me my sins. He didn't have any sins. Jesus, is called the Lord's Prayer because the Lord tells us, Pray this way. Pray this way. Forgive us our debts. As we have already forgiven our debtors. You guys, in praying the Lord's will, there should be a pause between saying, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There should be a pause right there. For me, For me, there's a pause right there. Where I, where I know what's coming up. That I've got to forgive. I'm going to be praying in a minute. And I'm going to forgive the people that have hurt me. I'm going to forgive the people that have wounded me. I'm, forget, I'm going to forgive the people that are oblivious to the fact that they've hurt me. And I'm going to forgive the people who have no intention on ever being sorry for hurting me. And I'm going to forgive them all. So then I pause. And then I say, Lord, Give me strength to do that. Give me daily bread to do that. Give me grace to do that, Lord. Uh, I need your mercy upon me. I I need your mercy right now as part of my daily sustenance. I need a reminder of the price that Jesus paid so that you and I could be in relationship with the Father, in fellowship with God, so that we don't have to be abandoned to the presence of God okay, Lord, I forgive that person who's done this. Lord, I forgive that person who said this. Lord, I forgive that person. Lord, and I just, I forgive. Then when I'm done, then I continue and I say, and forgive me my debts with the same measure that I have just forgiven others. Does that make sense? You guys, godly order matters. Godly order matters it does our God is a God of order and he's a God of relationship and this matters a lot of times when we pray this we think we're praying Lord forgive me my sins and I'm going to try really hard to forgive others you're so good God And that's not what this says. We must forgive in order to be forgiven. Why would Jesus require this? Why would He require this? Why would He ask this of us? This is so hard. Why would Jesus do it this way? I don't know. Let's take a look at Matthew 5. And in the same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus would say this, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be what? So that you may be sons. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For He makes His Son, like the big ball of fire, Son, to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Guys, we don't just forgive the good. We don't just forgive the just. We don't just forgive those who have apologized to us. You guys, we can't just be the recipients of God's grace. We have to be the givers of God's grace as well. I don't want to just be a giver I want to be a five giver six giver I want to be a seven giver I don't want to just do the bare minimums I don't want to just grudgingly say Lord I forgive I've, I've satisfied that requirement no because the measure with which I give grace is how I'm going to be received is how I'm going to receive grace and guys can any of us can any of us bear to receive anything less the full measure of grace from our awesome God. Any of us. Acknowledging that we have been hurt. Another purpose of this petition is to keep us from a feeling of self-righteousness. You guys, self-righteousness is deadly. Acknowledging that, that I sin, that helps keep me from Self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is hard to detect in oneself. And then it's hard to receive when someone else detects it in you. Self-righteousness is tough. Hey, sister, I love you. But, uh, whoo, that sounded an awful lot like self-righteousness. Talk about stinging. Now you got to forgive that person for being right. You guys, in Christ Jesus, our identity is no longer that of sinner, but we sin. Our identity is no longer that of slave, but of son. Not not an identity of, of slave, but of, of a slave to righteousness, is what the word says. Our identity is not sinner, but we sin. And we're in constant need of God's mercy. And we're in constant need as saints, as sons. We're required to constantly give mercy. And what is the result of this? Fellowship, relationship with God. You got. We we sing a lot of songs. We talk a lot about the presence of God. There was a veil that was torn from top to bottom in the temple when Jesus proclaimed it is finished and he, and he died. And the Father ripped that veil so that we could have access to him. Please, let's not be the ones that put another type of a veil up that separates us from the presence of God by refusing to forgive. And that's exactly what we do when we refuse to forgive. We put up a veil of unforgiveness that doesn't bear the likeness of God in mercy and in grace. First acknowledgement that we're not perfect. Jesus wants us to be aware of this fact. And this is why we pray. This is why we repent. This is why we confess. This is why we come to the Lord and we can do so and we're not going to be scolded by Him. He's going, to, he's going to listen. His eyes are going to be full of compassion. And we come to Him and we confess. We repent. And He looks and goes, You're forgiven. He received the full measure of my grace. And the second acknowledgement is that people have hurt us. We know that we ourselves have come short of God's glory. Right? We sin. That's the first part, right? We sin. And we acknowledge that other people sin too. Other people fall short of His glory too. And sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes when others fall short of God's glory, we get hurt bad. You know what's interesting? This is really interesting. And when I'm praying, forgive forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors, someone else, and I'm sitting there thinking, let's just, uh, there's not a, give me a name of someone who doesn't go to this church. Give me a male name of someone who does not. Is there not a Bob here? Okay. All right. If there's a Bob here. I'm sorry, because you're about to get it. <laughs> so when we're like, forgive us our debts as I've forgiven that rockhead Bob. Then I'm not going to get much mercy, but as I've forgiven Bob. Okay someone else somewhere in this church is rightly praying and Lord forgive me my debts as I have forgiven that rockhead Mark who might not even know he's hurt me. I'm telling the truth guys. There's times I'm the debt there's, there's times I'm the debtor rather in that prayer for someone else's prayer my wife's prayer Lord forgive me my debts as I forgive Mark Sometimes we're both guys. Sometimes we're the one that hasn't yet made it right, that hasn't yet settled the debt. Sometimes we're the one that has done the hurting. And I I promise you, we want God's mercy in that situation, right? We better be showing God's mercy. You guys, we've all been hurt. And we've all hurt others. And we have all failed And I know that some of you, either here in this place or possibly listen to this on our podcast, have endured sins against them horribly. I know that there's those who have been raped. Those who have been abused as a child. Those who have been lied against and slandered against. And your good name dragged through the mud. I know you've been betrayed by an authority figure and betrayed by a brother or a sister. And I know you've been let down by a Christian leader or a pastor. Possibly had an unfaithful spouse. And that forgiving these people is hard. I know that. I'm not taking that lightly. I'm not saying that lightly. I know it's hard. So, what I'd ask of you is take all the time you need in going to the Lord asking for the daily bread of strength and grace and mercy to forgive. Take your time. Ask him for it. He's faithful to give it. He's faithful to pour it out upon you. He's faithful to give you the strength to forgive. He's faithful to heal the hurts so that the remembrance of that doesn't carry pain. The remembrance might still be there, guys, but it doesn't have to carry pain. The remembrance of it can be, and the Lord wants it to be, associated with grace. Guys, for every one of us in this room, maybe one of these major things hasn't happened in our lives. Maybe one of these evils hasn't been done to us. But forgiving the everyday things is just as important. Someone hurt your feelings. Uh, My daughter just had a birthday party. She just turned 16. She couldn't invite everybody. I guarantee there's some students at their high school that might have got their feelings hurt because they weren't invited. Sometimes we're the ones not getting invited. Someone didn't speak to you when they passed you or they didn't acknowledge you or they didn't speak kindly. It's a little thing, but it requires forgiveness. The pastor wasn't as nice as you thought he was or thought he should have been. Or he just wasn't nice at all that day. You got to forgive. You didn't get the credit when you did a good job. Your boss didn't acknowledge you. Your supervisor stole the credit. You got to forgive. You thought your supervisor or your ministry leader would say yes to, to your request, but instead they turned you down. Guys, the forgiveness still needs to be done. And if, we, and if we don't give forgiveness, you guys, that stuff mounts up. And it turns into bitterness. And it turns into hardness. And it turns into coldness. And it takes our heart of flesh and it makes it a heart of stone. You guys, Brad said it last week, every prayer request matters to God. And every bit of forgiveness matters to God as well. You guys, we've got to forgive thoughtlessness. Because we're, we're, we're thoughtless suckers Sometimes. We are. We're thoughtless. Man, I just did not give thought to that. And sometimes we say, I didn't give thought to that and I'm sorry. But other times we don't because that's what thoughtlessness is. We didn't give thought to it and we'll never give it a second thought. And we still have to forgive. You guys, some take the view that they don't have to forgive people unless the offending party are sorry. Sorry. But Jesus never says that. I think we take this view to let ourselves off the hook from forgiving and from facing the hurts instead of taking the hurts to the Lord and saying, Lord, the person hasn't acknowledged that they've hurt me, but I have to acknowledge that I'm hurt. If we wait until those people are sorry, then I promise you we're going to take bitterness to the grave. Because that, that apology we're waiting for might not ever come. And agreeing with this trick, and agreeing with this view, this is one of the things the enemy uses to bring hardness, to bring bitterness. Question. Who was sorry at the cross of Christ? Who was repenting? that they hammered nails into His feet and into His hands? Which of the mocking soldiers expressed regret or sorrow for the ways that they dishonored Jesus? For the ways that they scorned our perfect King? Which of these people at the scene of the cross expressed sorrow? Luke twenty three thirty four shows that instead of waiting on them to be sorry and knowing that they weren't, Jesus prayed this prayer from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't wait for the sorry guys. He didn't wait... He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yes, sometimes it drives me crazy that people don't realize that they've hurt us. That doesn't give us a license to not forgive. We don't have that right, guys. We don't have that right. We surrendered that right when we said your will be done. We did. We surrendered the right to carry unforgiveness when we said, Lord, I want your will to be done. And I want your name to be hallowed. And I want what's taking place right now in my life on earth to be as it is in heaven, where that you are getting your way. You guys, it takes minimal grace to forgive someone when they're sorry. It takes maximum grace. Grace. To forgive them when they're not sorry or when they're oblivious to the fact that they've hurt you. This petition of Christ, this petition is an invitation from Jesus for maximum grace. What measure of grace do I want upon my life? I want maximum grace. I need maximum grace. Man, I, I'm, there's times I'm such a screw up. There's times I'm so thoughtless. There's times I'm so busy that, that I pass the people without, without saying hi, without giving a hug. I mean, there's times I'm just, I'm, you know, whatever. There's times I'm a jerk. Not very often. Because there's times, there's times I'm, I'm always in need of His grace. You're always in need of maximum grace. I don't want a little bit of grace applied. So what I tell the Lord is, I'm not going to apply a little bit of grace. I'm going to forgive freely. And I'm going to forgive generously. Paul asked the Ephesians to allow the kingdom of God and the reign of the Holy Spirit to be evident in the difficulties of life and in forgiving one another. And as I read this, I'm going to ask the same thing of this church. Let the Holy Spirit have unfettered reign and access. Let the kingdom of God come about in our lives through the difficulties of life, and specifically in the area of forgiveness. Ephesians 4:30 30 through 32 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. This prayer, this perfect prayer of the Lord's Prayer. You guys, it's amazing. Benefits are huge. As we're going through this, more and more stuff just comes to light of the goodness of God. There's blessing that comes in forgiving, guys. It's too heavy to carry that stuff around, man. It's too heavy.